0: Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I am Igberto Willis, your host. Thank you all who are listening now. Remember, call your friends up. Tell them, listen to the show live on 90.1 FM. Go to KPA kpft.org. Listen live to the stream if that's what you prefer. Go to your phone. Check it out on TuneIn. There are a lot of ways that you can pick us up. KPFT 90.1 FM. First of all, I want to give a big salute to Our board operator, engineer, and all-in-one telephone operator, El Señor, Brother Stewart. Brother Stewart, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great, Egberto. How are you? I am doing great. You're in there holding down the fort. You know we're doing perfectamente bien. Todo bien. Todo bien, todo bien. Anyhow, folks, we have some special news for you today. The prison show tonight between the nine, between nine PM and 11 PM is live again, which means you can call in at seven one three five two six five seven three eight. Again, that number is seven one three five two six five seven three eight. We are the. What would I call a nationally recognized prison show live? And, you know, we're listened to all over the place. We're going to have Frank Lamb and crew. I mean, <laughs> Hank Lamb. What am I saying? Frank Lamb. Hank Lamb and crew's going to be out there with the show. So don't forget tonight at 9 p.m. between the hours of nine and 11, check out the prison show. Anyhow, we have a great show in line for you today, but before I get started, I need to get the beef off of my head, get the beef out of everywhere. Senores, senoras, guess what happened today? I'm on my way here to- At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. I you know I'm out of gas man so I go ahead and I go up to Costco last week I remember paying $2.69 a gallon today I paid $2.49 a gallon a 20% a 20 cent decrease once again from 2 from 2.99 319 2.99 2.79 let me tell you something folks remember politics done right told you this several months ago Several months ago, you were listening to the mainstream media telling you that gas prices were up because we had a shortage because of the war. We told you all those things were inculcated in your minds from the mainstream media. All these things were being told on ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, all these areas. And on this program, we, we broke down the numbers for you. We told you why we knew there was an oil glut and not an oil shortage. We told you about exactly what was happening with the oil coming from Russia to India and China. We told you what was happening in Venezuela. We told you all these issues. They weren't telling you this on the news media. It's collusion because... If you had heard that, you would have said, why then am I paying $5 a gallon for gas? Why am I paying $4.50 for gas? Why am I telling this story and why am I saying I told you so? And I'm not saying it, I told you so in any form of conceited manner. I'm telling it in this manner because I want you to realize, my brothers and my sisters, you have to take your news from alternative sources. You have to get all the information together. And then make an intelligent, you are all intelligent out there. Don't just take the information that is fed to you. Go ahead and analyze the information given to you. When you watch the news at 5 or 5.30 or 6, they don't break it down for you. I broke down in a blog exactly where the oil was coming from. I broke down in a blog post That actually got picked up by Muslim International TV. And I did a 15-minute interview with these guys. The reason I'm saying this is we do our homework here at KPFT. And we want you to share what you hear at KPFT. We want you to make others know that there is an alternative source of information here at KPFT that has no master. We don't have masters here. We don't have to follow what's been told to us by the corporate sponsors who give monies for ads. We don't have to do anything like that. We are only and duly responsible to you. Only you. And therefore, we give you, I promise you, out of these these lips here, this tongue here, The unadulterated truth. And I also promise you, if I ever make a mistake or am proven incorrect anywhere that I will immediately, immediately correct it, first chance I get, I've done this over and over again. So I just want you guys to know that. So that was a, before I got into the subject, I wanted you guys to know that. I also want you guys to call early uh, I don't want you to wait till the end of the show. Remember, all your voices matter. I want to hear from you all. Whatever I say, you agree. You don't have to agree. You can disagree. I don't care if you're conservative, liberal. I don't care who you are. This station is yours. You guys support this station, it is yours. 713 526 5738. Please hit the number two to get on air. And we have our first caller and that is Ray. Come on in, Ray. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Hello, Egberto. Good afternoon. Great
0: hearing from you, my brother.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just want to say as a fellow lefty, you're not going to get a fight out of me. So I'm sorry.
0: Oh, God, I wanted to have a boxing match with you. And, <laughs> and you know, you know who else wanted a boxing match? I just, show, I just saw Stuart showing his hands up there, you know. You know, I'm going to have to bring my second camera so I can point it at Stu when, when he's in that place. I, I have another one, like I set up at, at Lone Star College, because we need to get, St- we need to get Stu on Will Allow me to. Anyhow, go ahead, brother. Continue. Yeah,
1: bro. So, uh, you know, what you were saying about the gas prices. He yes, brought sir. a joke to mind that I saw on uh, the Seinfeld show. Mm-hmm. And I remember he bought a jacket mm-hmm. and he returned the jacket. And when the clerk asked him, why are you returning the jacket? He said, for spite. <laughs> and it made me think about, and then she said, you, there's no policy that says you can return a jacket for spite. Right. But yet what I looked at with the gas industry, what they did to the American people was very spiteful, yes. if you ask me, yes. because they were, they were so sour and so salty that they lost all those profits while we were in, we were in lockdown, right. trying to stay safe from the coronavirus. So they said, you know what? All these people are anxious to get out. We're going to make sure that we profit here and capitalize, as we are a capitalist nation, off the anxiety of people in the Heightened desire to want to be outside and travel. And you said it that they did that because they knew the demand would go up.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, um, I am glad you put it that way. I think you put it a lot better than I said it, Ray, because, um, what happens is the following, right? Uh, because you also gave it context, the context of not having, uh, not having been able to drive for all that time, which means all the gasoline money that we were spending before, we now had it locked up somewhere. So we had it to give back and they, they decided they weren't going to allow us to invest that into our, our own wealth but to give it right back to them. So I love the way you context that with, the, with actually the pandemic and the anxiety to just get out there and they knew they could take advantage of us then.
1: Yeah, and now also with the stimulus checks, they knew we had the extra money, just right. like you said. Right, You know, it, it reminds me of a, of a not-so-famous uh, saying that I heard in Malcolm X, get your hand out of my pocket. You know, <laughs> I, I feel that every time I have to go in my wallet and I see, you know, my mother tells me about the groceries going up when yes. she has to order her groceries to come up. I mean, it, it's hitting everybody. And I mean, especially the population of people who are on a lower or fixed income, you know, right. because they don't get adjustments. So, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's robbery. Let it, me tell you legal what, stuff.
0: let me tell you the kinds of actions that we are looking at with some of the organizations that we're planning for in 2023. Let me tell you. Um, the way that we are gonna, the way that we are gonna force the plutocracy to do the will of the people is we are gonna have to. We can't do it all at once, but we're gonna have to have targeted selections uh, on on different industries where we let them pay for what they have done and are doing to the American people. And uh, the first thing we have to do is get a buy in from the people, and and just having folks like yourself and others who. Or, or have seen the light spreading it, you know, they, they always talk about the light being the best disinfectant right, as long as we have that right. ray and we start it, you know a lot of people, put throw their hands up in the air and one of the, the articles that I, you know, wrote right before the election on on the newsletter, and by the way guys, you can go to get my newsletter at Egberto Willis, or I'm sorry, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. A lot of the newsletters that I sent out just before the thing was, folks, don't lose hope, right? Don't lose hope. Remember, ignore the polls and go out there and vote your financial interests. And I'm going to tell you something, because Democrats are throwing their hands up in the air. Yeah, stuff went well, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you who I want to salute. I want to salute a lot of those independents also. I want to salute a lot of those, those Republicans also. And let me tell you why. Take a look at who voted in 2022. And if you look at the numbers, what you're going to see, Ray, is yes, we had heightened uh, voting out there. But what we also found out is that more, more Republicans voted than Democrats. All right. So if more Republicans voted than Democrats and Democrats overperformed, uh, and I'm talking progressives and others as well, it also tells you that a tide is turning where people are not making an ideological vote, but are saying, finally, you know, we have to start looking at our interests. And that's all we ask people to do. Vote your economic interests, vote your interests and move forward from there.
1: Yeah, well, it's all about small D democracy, brother, you know, and just like Bernie Sanders is an independent, I feel like he is a bigger Democrat than anybody that carries that capital D on their Because he actually fights
0: for the cause. You hit the nail on the head. And, you know, I don't I I call all folks like Bernie and myself and you progressives, because uh, uh, I I think those there are progressives who caucus with the Democratic Party because that's the only home in a duopoly that you can go to right? But the reality is you are a progressive because what you want is to move people forward, all people forward. I mean, wh- 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 whatever they call themselves, progressives believe in moving folks forward. That's the that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Anything else you want to say before we go on to the subject today, my brother?
1: Uh, Well, a couple of things. It's three. It's about that 3%, mm-hmm. the independent. so we yeah. just got to get them. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is I am woke. Unlike what Bill Maher says, I can't go back to sleep because Donald Trump disturbed me from that. Rest. So <laughs> I'm just woke and I'm unapologetic about it.
0: My brother,
1: carry on, brother.
0: my and brother, on Ray, I thank you so kindly for calling in, sir, because um, without folks like you, we won't make a difference. Thank you so kindly. You keep keep up the faith. All right. Yes, sir. All right. You have a wonderful day, sir. Anyway, the, always great hearing from, uh, from uh, Ray. And we have a new caller here. Let's go ahead and go to Ashley. Come on in, Ashley. How are you doing?
2: Hi, Duma. How are you?
0: I am doing fine. Talk to me, please, Ashley. Are you a first-time caller to Politics Unright?
2: I am, yeah. Well, and I'm w- actually a first-time listener as well.
0: Well, it's wonderful hearing your voice, Ashley. Tell me what you want to talk about.
2: I want to talk a little bit more about oil prices sure. because it sounds like from what I, the limited amount that I heard mm-hmm. that there's a notion that uh, oil and gas companies control oil prices.
0: Yes, ma'am. And so
2: I wanted to understand and hear a little bit more of your perspective on that.
0: Okay, let, let, let me explain. Let me, let, let's start from sort of the raw material kind of thing, okay? We have right now accessible oil. In other words, oil that we can reach at superbly oversupply of oil, not only because of Saudi Arabia, uh, 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 Russia, and Iran, which are the largest reserves, but the largest reserve in the world is right south of us in Venezuela. And all of those are immediately exploitable oil, but we don't even need them. Because we have been producing oil at a quantity larger than needed by the entire world. Now, uh, the, what the oil companies did, remember during the pandemic, they had an issue with an oversupply that they had nowhere to store. So oil became, was being sold at a negative value. What that means is that the, they were paying, the oil companies were paying people to to take the oil. In other words, normally you pay, let's say, $100 a barrel for oil. The, the oil companies were giving people $10, $15. To, it wasn't that much. It was a few much less than that. But they were paying storage people to take their oil and put it somewhere. That's how bad it got during the pandemic. All right. And then things normalized. It
2: went negative one day, right?
0: Yes, it did go negative one day. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So things then normalized, right? They, they adjusted input, outputs, etc. But again, that was all adjustable and they did it. Now we are coming out of the pandemic. Still, we never had an oil shortage. There was always a lot of oil, but the way to, to get the gas prices up are twofold. One, you go ahead and say we kind of reduce supply a little bit to uh, to to clean up refineries. So we, we we go went ahead and put some refineries down, uh, took them offline or whatever to kind of take some of the gas out of the market. Remember, they never took no.
2: Me. Wait a second. Go Hold ahead. On. Sure. So, sure. Have you have you worked in a refinery? Yes,
0: before? I have. Yes, I have. And not only That's have fine, I worked okay. in it, so have I. Yeah, not only that, but I also have some a few executives who are good friends and we have this conversation all of the times all oh, of the wonderful. time yeah so
2: you understand that a lot of the, the decisions that are made around refinery capacity yes. are not intentional decisions to limit supply in the market and manipulate pricing
0: let me stop you for a second right there because at your level what level are you at I should ask first in at the refinery
2: uh, I don't work there currently. But
0: I when you did there work the there. Past. Yeah, when you did work there. What, yeah, I what?
2: was an engineer, and I also was in charge of I, the coordination and economics. I love
0: you. I'm an engineer uh, myself. Those decisions. I love you. I'm an engineer myself. So, I mean, let, let me tell you, it doesn't happen at your level. This is These are all aggregation between companies, etc. There was never once, uh, Ashley, never once... Was there a, a shortage of gasoline ever? In fact, what I told, what I tried to tell folks when I, in fact, I went on to Muslim TV to talk about this because just like you are hesitant to accept what I'm saying, right? These guys were like, there's no way what you saying make any sense, Egberto. No way. And then we went into the numbers, right? Not only the crude prices, uh, we went into how gasoline was priced and even now how diesel was priced. And by the end of the conversation, it was how the hell did they come up with a price of $5 when you could go to no gas station in the United States and not have gas? The laws of supply and demand, and we got this and I minored in, not minored, but I, I did all my electives in economics. And, and and the laws of economics in a truly unfettered capitalist system would have told you that if there are not shortages at any particular gasoline pump, that there is no rationale for prices to double. That's basic economics 101. And what happened, Ashley? What happened is irrespective of real economics, these guys had what's known as pricing power. In other words, they had the right to charge as they pleased. But what happened is as the curve went down, as the economic curve went down, what is happening to gasoline prices, as I stated on Muslim TV, had to happen because we started to get the glut, even as Saudi Arabia was taking two million barrels off the oil, off the market this month. But you can say, you can come in, my friend.
2: Right. The one I think the one uh, uh, about flaw, I mean, hesitation, is that you refer to oil and gas companies in America as a collective group, and there are quite a few uh, very serious and robust laws against uh, antitrust. I agree. Things that would very much prevent uh, the uh, kind of mass American uh, coup, if you will, to be able to you know, everyone agree to uh, raise oil prices. Ashley, so I, I agree with you. I agree with you. How do you explain, uh, you know, uh, Chevron not uh, reducing price to make money to then incentivize an ExxonMobil mobile station right next to it? To I love
0: you for that question. And let me explain exactly what happened there. Um, in America, uh, since we've had McCutcheon pass at the Supreme Court and, and Citizens United, most of our politicians are bought so there's nothing in as much forget about democrats and republicans because that real at the neoliberal level that does not exist the oil companies own them both the healthcare companies own them both and what happens is the following uh biden goes out there and he puts out this this tacit threat out there that if you guys don't do something about prices we are going to we are going to create a windfall windfall profit tax, knowing deep inside that couldn't possibly happen because they would never have gotten the votes to do it. And that's the reason why you can have collusion today. And it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in such a manner that you can identify it. Right. In other words, you can't go ahead and say, well, the head of Chevron and the head of Exxon met together to do X, Y, Z. This thing happens right, which
2: that doesn't make any sense because then mm-hmm, that tell thing me. is preventing the American down the street from going to where there's cheaper gas. No no and no. So if you're going
0: uh, you just answered you're going the, to get, You answered the question. you just answered the question. You just answered the question.
2: Right. So th- so they're going to go to get cheaper gas for right. gas. And so unless you're unless you're artificially inflating it and keeping it high which that's not a decision that's going to get down to every single gas station in America, actually, then there's it, no way to explain why, our, why gasoline prices would be artificially inflated. Ashley, you answered the question.
0: Ashley, you just answered the question yourself. And let me explain. You just answered it at the producer level, the level that all the independent gas stations buy the products, right? That's where the, the, it's inflated at that level. It's not inflated at the retail level remember there are three there are three different points in the gasoline it's inflated on the producer level it's not inflated at the retail level and here's where I, when, where I talk about the collusion that, that that we're talking about you you said the magical thing about how an economy works and how supply and demand should work in other words if I if I re, if I go to gas station a and the price is too high I would jump to gas station B because they're going to want to compete to get more of the gas but if I make sure sure that supply is such a manner, I have price and power, and we we actually control the, the way we deliver that on the producer level, then we hold control, Ashley. Again, remember, this is not magic. There was always an oversupply of petroleum. And I think I've proven that with, uh, with, the, with Saudi Arabia cutting two million without an effect, with there being an oversupply. Sour oil in, in, in Venezuela, yes, but they're still pumping. And don't believe it's only 230,000 barrel because it's actually quite a bit more than that. And Russia's still delivering. There was always the supply. There was always a supply and that's why nobody in America, not once, whether gas was $2.40, like 49 cents, like I bought it today, or at $4.50, like I bought it a few months ago. There was never, ever once anybody that went to a gas station and not able to purchase gas. And I think you, you have yep. to agree I just that. I think you need yeah. to be
2: careful to yes. not deceive listeners to start to understand that there are real uh, people that yes. work at these companies Ashley. that are that at many, many levels in the organization that have no desire whatsoever Ashley,
0: you are to correct.
2: rob their fellow Americans. Don't
0: hang up so because I, I just, want to tell you this. Don't hang up because I want to tell you this, first of all. You're an engineer. Okay? You're a smart woman. Uh, there's no time ever that I speak on these issues that I'm going after the people who make things happen. There's no time that I go after the people who are the innovators. You are, you all are.
2: I understand. I just think that when we, when we other anytime that we are othering and humanizing, Any industry and any company in particular mm-hmm. that goes part and parcel to demonizing the individuals that work there. I, so
0: I, I, I understand. And I will try to, and was- I, w- I will learn from you in this one. I will try to make that ex- ex- whenever I'm pointing this out. I usually write this in my blogs, but I will point out exactly what you just said there, because that is correct. I, I am I am completely against the, 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 the executives in these companies that play the games, not only with us, the American people, but you, the, the worker who are the actual innovators. And if you look at my writings, you'll see that it, that is exactly where I've always fallen. So I, 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 I take what you're saying, Exactly as you say, we should not authorize the people who are working in the oil industries, which many of them are, in fact, in my circles.
2: Thank you. Um, And thank you very much for the explanation. I know you have to move on to other callers.
0: Right. You have a wonderful day, my my friend. All right, folks. uh, 713-526-573. Interestingly enough... Oil was not going to be the topic of the day. But if anybody else wants to talk about the subject, you can talk, you can call in 713-526-5738. Again, that an extension hit extension 2. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Hit extension two. Would love to hear your opinion, just like Ashley had her opinion and she she wanted to get some clarifications, and we tried our best to do that. That is what we want here, folks, to call in and let's let's learn together. Um, the other subject that I had before I go to the main subject on on uh, on crime is as follows: Cinema decided to become an independent today. I don't know that that means a much as far as Biden and Schumer are concerned with the Senate at all. I don't know. It, it all depends on whether. Uh, She caucuses in such a manner that she allows, let's say, Democrats to get the majority on each of those committees as they need if they want to pass bills or rather if they want to get the right kind of Supreme Court justices passed, etc. But what is concerning to me in issues like this is uh, it's almost a deception against the people who uh, voted her into office. Many progressives, many progressives I thought she was the one after having been a part of the Green Party, one would have expected her to fulfill the needs of her constituents. Too often, that is not the case. I hope that is the case going forward. But uh, we have a caller in Teresa. Let's go ahead and bring in Teresa. Come on in, Teresa.
3: Hi, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm fine. Talk to me.
3: Well, I I was reading what you said. I guess you sent me a, a, a notice. <laughs> Thank you. you. Must have gotten um, my newsletter. About, about a topic, and yes. you had one entitled Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema, a traitor to the working class leaves Democratic Party. What now? Yes. So, anyway, I just thought, wow. And I wanted you to expand a little bit on that. Okay. Let, okay.
0: Let, let, let me let me go ahead with cinema and, and, and put it this way. Cinema is a Democrat. Cinema used to be a Green Party person. That's who she was before she got into the Democratic Party. For those who understand the Green Party, the Green Party was pretty much the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. It's fact, in fact it's made up of a whole lot of folks who thought the Democratic Party isn't uh, sufficiently progressive and moved on. There are some of us, uh, and I, I'm taking my host hat off for about 30 seconds. Yours truly was also a progressive, uh, a progressive who caucuses with Democrats for that exact same reason. I thought it was useless for anybody, in my opinion, that is. I'm going to have some people at KPFD that are going to slap me and say, Green Party is okay. But anyway, I, I don't think that's, you know, I think you have to caucus in a duopoly where you need to be. Okay, hat back on. Now, host hat back on. Now, when it comes to cinema, um, Teresa, cinema uh, uh, was responsible uh, for the most part for not getting uh, Build Back Better through. And I don't want folks to look at Build Back Better as some democratic piece of legislation. I want America to look at Build Back Better as starting starting to repair many of the ills of the past. In other words, the working class has been decimated over the last 40 years. Since Reaganomics came into the inception, the working class have been completely decimated. We've had the 20%, uh, right about, you know, about the, the top 1% we know gets everything. 10% are the manager class, and they've done fairly well, and they've increased their wealth. But the, the then the 20% have been holding pace, but the bottom 80%, they just have not been doing well. Um, as Richard wolf an uh, economist, would say is, uh, the the corporate America has fooled them by giving them easy credit in other words whereas they didn't give them raises what they gave them was a hell of a lot of credit and using that credit they were able to have the semblance of, of of prosperity you have more credit you buy more cars you buy more things but guess what you are now owned you're owned by your creditor now Build Back Better had a whole set of policies. Policies like we're going to give you um, a leave for your so that your kids have are, are able to be taken care of. It had policies that gave uh, a, a, a better stipend for those people because we haven't passed a a minimum wage a living wage. It made sure that. Uh, families that were just under a particular level got inflated. We believe in something called base basic income. If the if the private economy is failing you, we should have a system that doesn't c- cost you to starve or have to go to a church and beg. We should have a little amount of dignity in there, and that's what Bill Back Better was doing. It was. Let me po- ask one question. Yes. Though. Yes.
3: Um, she doesn't. Is, I mean, is that really what Green Party are about? It doesn't seem to me mm-hmm. like she was willing to throw the baby out with the bath water. Um, I, I was, she you know, did. I like to think she has principles, but like, is are, were her votes, was, is that the way Green Party votes? Green Party member? I, to me, it didn't seem like that was something no, the that gr- a Green Party person the would g- do.
0: The green, no, that's what I'm saying. She used to be a Green Party person. That's why it was so shocking when she became a Democratic a senator, that she went so far to the right in the policy support that she yeah. had. That is what. Okay. That is what I really meant. I probably kind of mumbled myself when I said no, you,
3: it. No, you were right. You're right. Yeah. You know, okay. It makes sense to me, but I I still don't quite understand why she did that. Okay,
0: you know? I, I I don't get it. I don't you know, and and I don't think any of us get it. This morning I was reading Daily Coast and, and they were they were going utter mad and my my, my thing was a bit more <laughs> measured, you know. I I I am a bit more measured in that. Look, as long as she works appropriately in the committee system, it would be fine because it wouldn't hamper the way we get judges elected, which is the is a, is a, is the strongest, in my opinion, the 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 strongest arm of government. Even though, like they like to say, we are a you know three three uh, department government that uh, somehow three equally. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe it at all. I think the judiciary is the strongest part of the government. Sure. If you take a look at how it actually works, but anyhow, so cinema uh, was she and to some extent mansion uh, pretty much insulted. The working class unfortunately our mainstream media has not done a good job in explaining what they've done i mean we have mansion who said if we give these people child care they're going to spend it on liquor and gambling i mean if if you feel if that is how you feel about poor people if that is how you feel about people who are working hard on a minimum you know we've learned to so despise the poor in this country i tell folks Take a drive to any part of Houston, the poor areas in Houston, whether it's the ghettos or the barrios. And every single one of those stations, those bus stations, are filled at, in, at 7 in the morning. These people work. But we are, in order for us not to be the, 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 the government that we should be, we, ch- we just throw them to the dogs we ch- like like there's something wrong with these people and there's there's nothing wrong they've just been in a situation that puts them in that light both socially and economically but anything else you want to ask or did I answer that question good enough or do you need some work
3: no you were fine uh, thank you very much for your input and thank you very much for your your notice that you send me about you know what you're going to talk about on the show
0: well great so,
3: and how
0: do, how do people sign up for that? Uh, you can go to, uh, to com slash newsletter. com slash newsletter. And what I'm doing now, um, Teresa, is before the show, so that people can kind of see what we're talking about, right, is to have a written thing that, that they can do it, so that even if I get off subject, whatever the show is going to be about, they can read about it as well.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. You're <laughs> you know, right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so I kindly
0: for calling in. Folks, give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Now that uh, Teresa allowed me to talk about the cinema issue and uh, Ashley allowed me to speak about the oil issue, it is time for us to take on the main subject at hand. And by the way, Teresa, if you're still listening... I think you are actually responsible for this subject. And like I tell all our listeners, if you guys want me to talk about something, whether I'm going to talk about it this sec- immediately or prepare uh, where I can give you real stuff the next day, always send me a, a, a drop a line at info at com, info at com and say, Berto, we need to speak about this. I want you to speak about that. And we will do that. This is your show. Don't you ever forget that. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Subject at hand today as Rourke, who is playing who plays that wonderful music before our show starts. You know, I'm addicted to Rourke and his music, man. You know, and and, and then that voice, right? You know it's Rourke. But anyhow. Houston, the, the title of our show today, and by the way, on on the internet, welcome Eric Hayes. I forgot to salute you. I've been reading some of your stuff. I know that you are ecstatic that Cinema did what she did. We'll talk about that at 3 o'clock. Don't you forget, we're going to talk about that at 3 o'clock. All right, let's get into today's actual, uh, uh, the other piece of today's show. It's title. it's titled, Houston politician and salesman illustrate why crime cannot be Problem locally or nationally, and the subtitle, and I need to expand it for my eyes here, is State Senator John Whitmire, furniture salesman Jim McInvale and Crime Stoppers of Houston CEO Rania Macarios show an ex- an unexplained ignorance or disingenuousness about crime. And here's, the, here's the, the post that I really want folks to, to check out. It goes as follows. Back in July, three prominent Houstonians wrote an opinion piece in which they blamed the Harris County Commissioner's Court for not doing enough to solve the crime problem in Houston. To be clear, crime increased all over the country during the pandemic. There are likely various reasons, including people being locked in, pandemic, fatigue, frustration, depression, and poverty, among many others. State Senator John Whitmire, furniture salesman Jim McInvale, and Crime Stoppers of Houston CEO Rania Mancarios showed an unexplained ignorance or disingenuousness about crime in their opinion piece. One could easily conclude that these people are writing an orchestrated hit piece against Harris County Judge Lina Hidalgo for attempting to solve the crime issue, not in the manner it was always done, but at the source of the problem. The hyperbolic first paragraph of the op-ed defies reality. This is what the first paragraph said. At the first ever state of public safety event in Houston last month, a bipartisan group of our region's top law enforcement leaders joined with Crime Stoppers of Houston, other nonprofit groups, and most importantly, the families of crime victims to enhance efforts to address the crime epidemic that is devastating businesses and families and destroying too many lives in Southeast Texas. Even the mere act of our standing together people from different backgrounds and of diverse political persuasions showed that it is possible to find common ground and unity of people of purpose when it comes to the most fundamental issue in any community, public safety. That is dear stuff. My reply. It is true that crime in the entire country has been up since 2019, but it is on decline. If slowly now... To state that it is an epidemic level that is devastating business is simply a lie. Crime is epidemic and devastating for anyone that is a victim of crime. I repeat if crime occurred on you, it's the end of the world. It is bad. I feel you. You don't want to be the victim of crime. You shouldn't be the victim of crime. You shouldn't die because of crime. That is understandable. But the absolute vast majority of Houstonians, Texans, and Americans will never be touched by crime. The media will highlight it for purposes of their benefactors, but most Americans will never, ever be a victim of crime. So why the fear tactics? Why is the media suddenly highlighting crime in a disingenuous manner that in the aggregate does not affect substantially more people? You guessed it. Profits for the few. We can always find a way to make a profit from the bodies of the working class. The article points out the following, and this again, back to the article. First, we must come together in acknowledging that crime grew dramatically between 2020 and 2021, with only some small decreases in the past year. We cannot solve a problem if we are unwilling to accept that a problem exists. But put simply, crime is too high. Using data from the Houston Police Department and Harris County Sheriff's Office, Crime Stoppers compared January to May of 2022 with the same month in 2020 and 2021 for a mid year crime report. We found the following 36% increase in firearm related offenses, 24% increase in homicides, 11% increase in aggravated assaults. Okay, this is me now. That was what they wrote. I mean, that's all they wrote. Notice that these purported leaders refused to identify the most obvious solution to the problem. Our Republican state legislature unloaded guns onto the streets of Texas. Virtually everyone has access to guns now. So if one gets temporarily uncontrollably angry... The availability of that profit-driven, politically incentivized gun easily adds a few points to our gun violence and murder rates. But they did not address that reality. They did not address that reality. A few days ago, a Florida man got upset with his neighbor in the condo's laundry room. Just a 71-year-old guy, older guy. You know, you're 71. Sometimes you get frustrated. You just some people just kind of piss you off. He argued, got mad, then shot his neighbor dead. As the wife came running into the to the room, she heard shots. She went run into the room, and the neighbor shot her dead too. This in a this is a condo, nice place. He then walked to his unit and told his wife, "Call the police. I just shot Henry and Ginger." This is another increase in gun violence and homicide directly attributed to gun policies. Another jail cell trial, another jail cell, another trial, and mouth of the state, another mouth for the state to feed for decades. These are stories behind the crime increase. And unless one chooses to do the intelligent thing and understand causality, brute force troglodytic solutions are not the answer. They are simply not the answer. The willfully naive op-ed writers wrote the following, and I'm sorry to call them willfully naive because I think I know these guys and they are smart people. There is only one reason to take this stance. This is what they said. Before any criminal commits a crime, they weigh the risks. Our law enforcement leaders told us that criminals in our area today are emboldened because they know our justice system is broken. They know our law enforcement agencies are stretched thin. They know cases are backed up. And if they have four or five or six charges pending against them, they can plead down on one. They know current punishments are lenient. Really? Have these guys... Ever, and I'm speaking now, have these guys ever had a heart-to-heart with a perpetrator of these crimes? I've spoken to deep, hard criminals. They don't think like that. Most of these crimes are opportunistic. To believe that they sit down and calculate anything about getting caught is a joke. For many, jail represents a warm meal and a fairly comfortable place to sleep. Most importantly, they are betting on not getting caught. And this is what drives me crazy. When you have a whole lot of folks making policies, spending our tax dollars based on bad information. Why, why is it we have been doing things the same way over and over again with the same results? It's not that uh, we don't want to fight crime Is that understand the causality. Understand the causality. The solution is not all that complex. The problem is that it makes little money for the privateers, right? You see, locking criminals up is not the complete answer after all. They are not in jail forever. It costs a lot to house them and they leave, be- they leave the jails as better criminals since, as a society, we invest little in real rehabilitation. Putting more boots on the ground is not the answer, as it just creates better criminals as they figure out better ways to evade those other boots on the road. Worse, when taxpayers decide they want reductions, the enhanced criminals are ready to pounce. You know, they always. They, you know, we love. We, we don't want to pay taxes, so we cut services here and we cut services there. And when we cut right here, suddenly, guess what? Let's governance on the criminals. And what does the criminals do again? They pounce. One must solve these problems at the core. We must lift people out of poverty. We must have support for reliable, safe childcare for working parents. We have to get rid of the latchkey kid. You know, a latchkey kid, that kid that is home alone because they don't have adult supervision and the older friend who knows that kid is home alone and turns them on to bad living, to a living of crime. Using that, that kid's innocence to go and start petty crime because they know if they get caught, they are going to go into juvie and won't have a record etc and using it as an industry you see if you don't if you don't think beyond the law and order lock them up you don't really find solutions and you forget the humanity of people, You forget that we are human beings and we are basically a victim of our environment. And that if we have a good environment, that would be good victimization. If we, and uh, I know mean, that don't make sense, but you know what I mean. And if you have a bad environment, likewise, you need to have support for families. So one must solve the problem at its core. We must lift people out of poverty. We must have support for reliable, safe child care for working parents. We must ensure family incomes are sufficient to allow a family unit to thrive, to have to thrive with dignity, not to have to go out there and beg. I mean, most Americans that I know, most Americans that you know, most Americans, all of us know are very, very hard workers. The, 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 the plutocracy would want you to believe they're loafers and they want you to believe that because they know that if you know that most Americans work, you are gonna support policies that mitigate what the private sector through corporations have done to the poor, the middle class, the working class. If, they'd under, if they know that you understand the dynamics, if they know that you understand how these things work, how the system works, they know that you will support equitable policies. But because they know that we have a a purchased media that, that really make crime a problem, a bigger problem than it is to scare you into voting for people who are gonna build more private jails, who are gonna build these infrastructure projects that make a lot of other people money as the crime rate stays the same. I mean, look. Um, like I, I mentioned earlier in the, in the beginning of this program you're, let's come to KPFT, politics done right and these types of programming not to hear information that they're feeding you from the outside that actually seems plausible but has m- not ever made any sense or you can come to a KPFT that really, really out here is doing that investigative reporting for you And that you can actually check on. Anyway, we can choose to invest our monies in jails, police, lawyers, and prosecutors. Or we can believe in real family values and provide help to families that will ultimately allow them to thrive. A thriving family reduces crimes. And you know what? A thriving family doesn't have any exact calculation or or buildup. When I talk about family values, I'm not talking about what, what the old days in the 50s used to look like family values. People that live together that are there trying to have a life of support among each other. That's all. And if that family unit has the wherewithal to make it, if that family unit is inflated, if that family unit is not left to its own devices just to wither and, 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 and die, If that family is elevated, we don't have the crime problems that we have today. The policy advocated that those who purport to believe in law and order will continue to fail. Those policies will continue to fail. How do we know? Because they've continued to fail. Doing the same thing the same way over and over again is insanity. Unfortunately... For too many politicians and business leaders, that is a choice they are willing to make as they pad their pockets with blood money. End of blog post. Folks, give us a call 713. 526 5738. Any comments at all? 713 526 5738. Do you agree? Do you disagree? I would love to hear it. Eric doesn't agree. Now talk on defundant police. I mean, um, did I ever mention the word defundant police um, at all? Did I ever say that once? Now we have a listener in the in the chat that says, "Now talk about defunding the police." It's not about defunding the police, and I, and by the way, I will give Eric the reality. Defunding the police was likely the most terrible moniker ever chosen, in my opinion. And I understand what it means. And and while I was in the fight with that, I would have to use it as a part of the as a part of the the, the movement. But I thought it was one of the most the poor a poorly chosen set of words because it. It allowed folks to it allowed what the new the mainstream news media is doing with crime to somehow take hold. But no, nobody that I know really believes in defunding the police in some absolute terms. What we believe in is making sure that police don't have to go serve. Uh, whenever there is a, a an issue with a mental issue, why would you want to send a cop? Whenever there's some other type of issue, why would you send the cop? We need to have a multi-purpose system from, uh, from we the people, from all of us, a multi a multi-tiered system that knows where to send whom. If there are psychological problems, we send people that are, are, are studied in that. If there are some other pro- if there is a crime problem, we send the cops. Let the cops do what the cops are trained to do. What that means is we don't need an overbloated police system. We need a system with police officers and many other levels of people that are commensurate with the problems within society. 713. Folks, you're not calling me. We got three great calls, but we need more. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Hit the number to get on air, you'll come on air right away because all our lines are available. I want to re-announce again uh, today at nine o'clock, nine uh, between nine and eleven p.m. We have the prison show live again. Please visit that. Of course, you know early early morning we start with our live shows here at KPFT. We have at eight in the mornings. You talk with our one and only Steve. Right? So come on in and you talk at 8 o'clock. Then, of course, between 9 and noon, you have the one and only Rourke with spaces. I mean, uh, God, I I just drew a blank. Uh, Wide open spaces. Wide open spaces with Rourke. And then, of course, yours truly on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, Politics Done Right. And we have the doctor on Tuesday and Thursday. The doctor... you got to help Reverend me. Reverend Dean. Reverend Dean. <laughs> you have to help me out here. But folks, give us a call. I, I, I would love to hear what some of you thought about my the, – within the context of what I said on, the, uh, on, uh, on crime. 713-526-5738. You have about a minute to call. 713-526-5738. A couple of minutes call. 713-526-5738. Uh, and the reason why I, 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 I wrote this is somebody left a, a news article here from you know several months ago. And I said, yeah, this is a subject to cover because I don't think we did it justice during the election here in Harris County. And I think uh, we allowed a lot of fallacies to cauterize into the minds of people. Because, again, you, you turn on TV, you see blood and guts. And, you know, um, I'm sure you are all over Houston like I am, um, Stuart. And yeah, there's there's a, there's crime. There's no doubt. But if you if you work yourself in a safe manner and you make the, the the folks that are maybe watching you know that you're aware of your surroundings, usually there's no issue. That's what I try to teach myself. My wife, look, anybody can get caught in crime. Anybody can. I mean, it's it 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 can happen. But the what what we're seeing on TV as if we're in a. It's like if I go outside here in, on Caroline. I'm going to be mugged or if I just step out of the door I'm going to be mugged. And you know what, most of the people talking about this have never seen crime themselves. But they're, you know, they're, they're they're talking about it and I think it it it's an injustice to most Americans, it's an injustice to Houstonians because it allows us to make decisions in on on policy on 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 taxes and all of that that makes absolutely no sense and when we do that it then hurts others. Uh, Eric says, I'm gaslighting. He says, I'm gaslighting. Uh, I would like you to tell me specifically what issue or thing I am. And he also says, I'm teaching victimization. Oh, man. Uh, wow. I didn't realize that. But anyway.
3: I think we need to get Eric on the show
0: and let him talk about it. Okay. Yeah, the phone's ringing now. Yeah. We, got one, we may be able to get one other person on. Eric, <laughs> you know, um, I think Stuart had a good idea. We need to get you on the line, so uh, sometime you should actually call into the show. I mean, I love reading you, and you know I love you, man. I love reading all the commentary that you put on uh, on the show uh, on the on the page. I love it. But come on now. All right, let's. Uh, am I ready for that one? Or yeah, let's go to Micah. Micah, you're on. Yeah. Hi. Um,
4: yeah, I just want to say that you were right on point with your your report. Well, thank and your you. And your criticism and everything of that nature. And like you said, it's the media that is making these things a sensation. Right. They have to produce these items that will get people to watch and people love a good crime story. So everything you turn on the news is like a news and, and killing. Every night is a killing, a killing, a killing, a killing, a, killing, a, killing and a crime. And yeah. then, like you said, if the, the Democrats had come out and we rebuffed these reports, this um, the results of the election would have been different because what, they, what the Republicans really want in effect is to bring back those judges that they have that will put some criminal in jail or somebody in jail for minor offenses. That's what they wanted to do. And they say that the Democrats and liberal judges are soft on crime and they're allowing crime to perpetuate in the, in, in the community. So if we get them out, You know, then they would have a peaceful um, society, but that doesn't work. Micah, you're... they They want to get their churches back in there Brother, to penalize for minor infractions.
0: Brother Micah, you're absolutely right. I have about 40-something uh, seconds, one minute left, and I want to tell you thank you for that call because you hit the nail on the head. Why I try to get folks and tell them, please make us a dial that you stick with here on KPFT because you can actually interact with us and when if I say something that against uh, the media that you think, well, that you think they have it right, please bring it on so we can talk about it so that we can see what we're saying. Is it's making sense now what when you just said about things would have been a lot different if more people have spoken up that's what we're trying to do here and 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 your voice being on here as well micah speaking up actually makes a difference because when we have this dialogue there are several looking at listening to this dialogue and we make a difference we just have to keep doing it over and over again thank you so kindly for calling micah you're welcome, bud. You have a good one. Folks, we are going to be getting out of here shortly. As soon as, 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 soon as Stuart tells me to hit the number, I'll, I'll go ahead and, say, uh, and give our farewells. But I thank you so kindly for being here. I thank you so kindly for listening to the show. We cannot do it without you. And we ask you so kindly to keep listening and tell others about us. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out